Coming up on today's award-winning Tomahawk show, we're going to talk Baker Mayfield. He's now at the helm of the Browns. He's been enlisted as the full-time starter, and we're going to predict the Browns' win total for the rest of the season. We're going to hit you up with everything we're looking forward to in week four of the NFL season for the games we can't wait to watch to the games we're going to hate watch to our almost sure to be incorrect predictions for this weekend. Plus, we find out who won week four of our DraftKings Listener League and update the Pick'em standings for the Tomahawk Squad. All that and much, much more right now on the Tomahawk Show. Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show, which is presented by Uninterrupted. Um, if you've been living under a rock and haven't heard of this podcast, number one, get your life together. Number two, we are the best podcast in the history of audio, and we drop every Monday and Thursday morning. That means you get double doses of us every single week, so your life just got better. I'm joined by my humble co-host, Joe Thomas, as always. I am Andrew Hawkins, and it's time to talk some football. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, it was a, it was a good week, man. I'm still riding the high of the Browns win a little bit, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, young Baker Mayfield is going to do on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders defense. Not exactly a, a huge test because the Raiders defense has mm-hmm. kind of crumbled in the second half of every game they played. But they could use a pass rush. <laughs> they could use a pass rusher. But uh, it's definitely going to be a test because they're going to have a game plan specifically for Baker from what they've seen in the preseason and from what they've seen last week. Teams aren't going to be as surprised, right, because everyone knows he's going to be the starter. So uh, it'll be really exciting to see what he does with Act 2 of the Baker Mayfield era. Is there a weird part of you that wants to see the Gruden experiment fail? I've always loved John Gruden. I love him too. And it's not even so much about him. I loved him on Monday Night Football. I thought he was awesome. As a head coach, great job. I thought when he was in Tampa Bay, he had some questionable personnel decisions, namely hiring that crappy quarterback, Bruce Gradkowski, that tries to come on the show. That was the one. That That was was a big mistake of his. Yes. But uh, the the only thing that makes me like, yeah, I hope the Raiders fail is – how they treated Khalil Mack, right? I mean, I think as a player, we sympathize with other players. And when you're the best at your position, you should be paid like it. And you mm-hmm. shouldn't have to do the things Khalil had to do in order to get his contract. And you would hope that the team that drafted you would reward you. Now, with that being said, the reason I, why I have sympathy for John Gruden is because <clears throat> from what I've heard in league circles, they actually physically could not pay Khalil Mack. They just could not do it, right? Why was that, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Because the Oakland Raiders have some of the lowest cash flow of any team in the NFL. And the NFL has a rule that as soon as you sign a contract, all the money that is totally and fully guaranteed has to get put into escrow by the team that signs that contract, right? So for, for Khalil Mack, if he signed 60, 70, 80 million guaranteed, whatever it is, they would have to immediately come up with that cash, put it in escrow into the league's fund so that the league knows they're good for it and it's not going to be a bankrupt the team situation. Um, but unfortunately for the Raiders, they did not have that type of money because the way that they cash flow with season tickets and rights and the fact that the Davis family, uh, now it's Mark Davis, he just is not independently wealthy. Almost every other owner in the NFL is independently wealthy where he can pull a little bit of money from Peter to pay Paul and it's no big deal. But 
the Raiders just don't have that cash flow, especially after paying Derek Carr <clears throat> recently. They did not have the type of money that they needed to pay Cleo Mack. So I, I feel a little bit bad for John Gruden. He's getting a lot of crap for it, but they actually just couldn't pay him. I mean, there was literally nothing they could do. Now, I lose a little bit of that sympathy when he comes out and says, well, Khalil Mack just didn't want to be a Raider. Yeah, no, you didn't, didn't want to pay him. Yeah, he's trying to just help his uh, his ownership and organization look good because, like you said, they didn't have the money. And yeah. it's funny you mentioned about them, the Davises being independently, you know, wealthy. They're not, right. They're not. Well, they're not being independently wealthy. And the same goes for the Brown family who own right, the exactly. Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, they, exactly these right. are people who have made the majority of their money through football, so they yep. operate their organizations like family businesses, as they should, you know, because everyone else is kind of playing Monopoly or fantasy football uh, with their organizations. But before we continue on to this, if you are listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you rate us five stars. Hit us up on social at Tomahawk Show. Um, we are very active on social media. We're two of the funniest guys that to ever hit social media. Oh, yeah. so we're really funny. We're hilarious. And let's, you, let's highlight that. You are missing out if you're not following us on social um we also have other people part of the show that i feel like we should probably introduce at some point yeah we never want to forget the most important members of team tomahawk that are with us every single week yes. and that is the great zerm no first name and the great nat the great nat no last name first name nat last name ice what's up y'all <laughs> so we have natty ice here we have the firm here um do we have an ask nat segment today I sure hope so. I've been compiling some real good ones on social. Okay, so we do, just like that. Since you are the, uh, the star of the show and the <laughs> executive producer, and you write all the checks, mm -hmm. we do as you say. <laughs> um, NFD. So we get a lot of tweets. We've, we've, we've seen our, our show Reddit page. People have called me on the side. They're like, where's NFD? Where's NFD? And we have been avoiding um, addressing it for a lot of reasons that we'll get into now. Number one is we have no idea where he is so that's the the biggest one the last we heard he was taking a family vacation to norway and that was a couple of weeks ago the nfd family from norway <laughs> so he, he was trying to visit his nfd family um because he registered for ancestry.com he got his dna results they said he was had a big part of norwegian he was also from zimbabwe he had family from <laughs> so he was on a quest to find his heritage he lost cell service at one point. Send us an email. We didn't think anything of it. Here we are a couple of weeks later. We haven't heard from him. So we'll, we'll kind of address that momentarily. You have to bear with us. We'll have a lot more answers for you next week. And yeah, anything on that, Joe, while we're, while we're on this topic? It's, yeah, you know, our, we're very our, sad about it. Our hearts really go out to the NFD family. Um, hopefully they find their beloved son very shortly. And, and yeah. hopefully we can give all of our fans an update because we know NFD was such an integral part of this uh, award-winning podcast that uh, we never want to forget about him no matter what happened and yeah. if we ever do find his remains i mean uh him, i mean <laughs> whatever was left yeah and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out we took the we took a sketch to the police of his face and they said this wasn't much to work with <laughs> so <laughs> it's been very tough trying to identify him based on his uh his hair but yeah. we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. you guys again every week we're gonna we're gonna figure out hopefully find more and more clues our entire tomahawk team is on it trying to get to the bottom of it and, and trust me he's a part of our family so we won't stop until we do make sure that you guys as tomahawks remember that mondays and thursdays are our release days so 
go and tell your family, go and tell your friends, go knock on doors in your neighborhood and tell them that Monday and Thursdays are days to be celebrated in the Tomahawk Nation world. If you're a Tomahawk member, that's your duty to God and country. Go out, be great, subscribe, rate five stars. Don't forget about us. Do not forget about us. Sorry, let's get let's start off with the Browns like we usually do. Right now, the Browns are an incredible one, one and one. There's actually four NFL teams that are one, one and one for the first time since I think like 1971, which there was way more likelihood of ties because there was no overtime at that time, which is crazy to think of. But the Browns have named Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback, and we have a Baker's dozen worth of games left. Mm. Kind of an omen there. I think not. So let's start off with this game this week, Joe. Who do you got, the Browns or the Raiders? And we have to just be real with with each other first, Joe, because we pick the Browns every week, and I think we let our emotions get the best of us, which is fine. But Mm. we're analysts, Joe. That's one thing we need to remember. So not only are we gonna we're gonna pick this week, we're also gonna dive into the whole Baker's dozen and make mm-hmm. our predictions this week as we feel about them. So let me tell you, I'm gonna put my analyst hat on right now, and here's exactly what's gonna happen. The Browns are gonna get behind a little bit early, right? Because it's gonna be the Raiders from the last three weeks. They're gonna come out, they're throwing the football, they're running the ball well, but then all of a sudden, in the second half, the Browns make some great uh, halftime adjustments, and they're gonna come out and the. Raiders defense is going to start melting in that second half. Baker Mayfield's going to start hitting his rhythm, and all of a sudden they're going to come back and they're going to win the game in the fourth quarter. Hot take. Hot take. Do I think the Browns are going to win this week? I do think they're going to win this week because I don't think the Raiders have figured themselves out. Their defense is not great. Um, I think Baker Mania continues for another week. I think John Gruden is left with his palms up at the end, still trying to figure out which way is up. And he, he starts off with the – 0-4 record, which is what you pay over $100 million for. Yeah, so I have the Raiders losing as well. Uh, I think Baker mania continues, man. I just think this – honestly, this Browns defense, not enough has been written about them. But I think as the season goes on, as Baker goes through, through his up and, ups and downs, which he will because he's a rookie quarterback. Like, I get we're super excited about it in Cleveland, but he still has growing pains. Everybody does. But this Browns defense is going to be the one that – kind of sustains him throughout the year and is, is the, the model of consistency. People tweeted me about two Baker Mayfield plays that, you know, kind of flew under the radar because Baker played so well. One was the late game fumble that the Browns ended up recovering. Another was a red zone pass where he threw it right off the shoulder pad of a defender. And someone asked me, like, why aren't more people talking about that? Why, does, wasn't, why doesn't that cause concern in your mind? And to me, I think it goes back to what we talked about which is the reason why you like Baker. Baker is going to take chances. When you gamble, you're going to lose. You're not going to win them all. So mm-hmm. when he sees a tight window that he thinks he can throw it in, it's going to get picked off eventually. He's going to try to create uh, plays and try to scramble and create more time, and he's going to get tackled and he's going to fumble. You know, those are things you work through. Those are things that you can mitigate and that you can guard against by making sure you have the presence of mind to keep the ball and ball security and all that stuff. But I always say I like a healthy amount of picks for my quarterback because it means you're taking the chances. He's going he's gonna to be right more times than he's wrong, and that's all that matters. Everybody throws interceptions. Everyone throws stupid interceptions. Those things are going to come. Someone's going to go left when they should have went right. Baker's going to see things he shouldn't have seen. He's going to miss guys he shouldn't have missed. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with, with him throwing the ball off a, a defender's shoulder pad because if you look at the rest of the throws, he was at a, at a high rate hitting guys in small windows the same way you would want your top 
quarterbacks in the NFL to do it. That's why we're so excited at Cleveland. Lot to dissect there, Mr. Hawkins. First of all, I have finally figured out why you're not getting any head coaching interviews this offseason because okay. you like a healthy amount of interceptions. A healthy amount. I guess we just have different strategies. Hey, what can you say? Uh, but no, I, I agree with something, something you said early on. I was on uh, my normal ESPN rounds during the week, and I, we were talking about what are your expectations for Baker for the rest of the season. And I was very careful to try to start managing expectations for him, specifically for Browns fans, because he had such an amazing debut to be able to come in down 14-3 on Thursday night football and play nearly flawless football, except for the few plays that you mentioned. I think right now the expectations are that we're going to see the exact same thing every single week. And I think for any NFL quarterback, I don't care if your last name's Rodgers or Brady or Manning or whoever it is, you're going to have some ups and downs, especially when you're a young player. And especially when you're a rookie, that's a gunslinger like uh, Baker Mayfield is, right? He's going to take those chances. He's going to throw into tight windows. And so there's going to be some up and downs. There's going to be some growing pains. So what I'm trying to say is if you're a Browns fan and Baker throws a couple picks on Sunday or in five Sundays or whenever that moment is that he has a little bit of a slump, don't jump off the bandwagon. Don't think, here we go again. Don't get into your mind that, oh, man, I thought he was different. Because so many times I've seen with Browns quarterbacks, everyone jumps on the bandwagon as soon as they have that first good game, right? My mm -hmm. rookie year, Brady Quinn played like right at the end of the season, had a nice game against the 49ers, and then everyone was on the Brady bandwagon, right? <clears throat> so then the following year, Derek Anderson gets hurt, Brady goes in, and Brady plays like one bad game, and then everyone jumps off. And, they, and then everyone's convinced he's not the guy anymore, right? I think Baker Mayfield is the type of talent and the type of uh, personality that you can win with as a quarterback, and he's going to be the franchise quarterback for a very, very long time in Cleveland. We can be assured of that. But don't be discouraged when he goes through a little bit of growing pains from a rookie. Now, you said he's not going to win them all. Nobody wins them all. Very accurate statement. But Thank you. That was, reminded that, me. That's why ESPN pays me the big bucks. It reminded Joe. me of an awesome story of one of my teammates who used to be a little bit of a gambler, and I'm not going to say his name, but his what last are his initials. Name, his nas his his his, his uh, name <laughs> rhymes with Mosh Dribs. <laughs> it's like a little and bit he of was a gambler. Very beloved player for we'll the call We'll call him Fonnie Tanpel. <laughs> Lonnie Goodball is and what this the people player, called him. He liked to play blackjack, and with a very straight face and very in all seriousness, he tried to tell us in the locker room that he has never lost a hand of blackjack in his entire <laughs> life. And to this day, he will go to his grave telling you that he has never lost a hand of blackjack in his life. So, Those are my favorite people, the ones who lie about never losing right, uh, at like the casino. Something trivial. Like he's like, man, I'm a, I'm a great gambler. I ain't never lost a hand of blackjack, man. I can't, like, I can't wait to like animate that impersonation I mean, of, of Dosh. What was his last name? Bibbs? It was Mosh Ribs. Uh, Mosh Ribs. I can't Bibbs wait to animate that, <laughs> that Mosh Ribs voice you just gave us. Hey, man, I never lost a hand of blackjack, son. <laughs> He was he was one of my favorite teammates because he was a laugh a minute because he had stuff like that he was coming up with all the time and he was so convinced in his head that that was true but everybody in the NFL you're not going to win them all unless you're Mosh 
Ribs. Marsh Ribs. And you're Marsh. playing blackjack. I anyway. love Marsh. He, he's a funny dude. He's a fun guy. We'll say it that way. So you're, so you're telling all the bandwagon Browns fans that are across America right now, including our very old Natty Ice, that if Baker Mayfield does go into a slump and doesn't play well, she cannot jump off the bandwagon. Nat, are you prepared for that kind of loyalty? Of course. I'm a very loyal fan to all my teams. So okay. I am sticking with the Browns no matter what. Okay. Um, and if we lose every game the rest of the season, are you still a Browns fan? I'm definitely still a Browns fan. I love it. That's <laughs> She's passed the she's, first test. She's full I don't have to act firm because he's a lifelong Browns fan. <laughs> Yeah, that goes, He has that tattered on his back right yeah, now. Yeah, we know that answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally wearing a brown sweatshirt right now. Joe, I did want to ask you a really quick mm-hmm. question because this is very interesting to me. Did you – was there one quarterback maybe a like that was drafted by the Browns that you thought was like – the one you thought was going to be the guy that didn't work out? Was there one that you were like, this is it, we got him, and it, and it didn't work out or they didn't give him uh, enough As time. a player, you always have to get yourself into the mindset that what you got going for you – is the answer because you go through the whole season if you let that doubt in your mind that the chemistry and the players you have on your team aren't good enough it's going to cause you to lower your own level of expectations and you're not going to be driven as hard to succeed so I think as, as a as a professional it's, it was always really important to think the quarterback we got man this guy's all pro he is going to be the guy for a long long time and it was only until really I got into the media world that you kind of ha- are a little bit more subjective, uh, excuse me, objective. And you look at kind of what everyone has and you're able to kind of say, yeah, this guy's good. He doesn't do this well. Okay. I kind of know where everybody is. Um, but with that being said, there was one guy that I felt if he would have been given a little more opportunity, a little better opportunity in Cleveland, I thought he could have been a really good quarterback. And that was Colt McCoy. When he was the quarterback, he did a really good job as a rookie. He played well. And then we, we switched coaches, and we didn't give him many weapons at receiver. And I think we, because he wasn't a first-round pick, we didn't give him a full opportunity to mature and grow and to, to put weapons around him. And I think they were too quick to discard him because he was a third-round pick, and they were quick to move on to the next guy. So – um, I would say Colt McCoy. He was that one guy that I wish they would have given him more of an opportunity to to take the job and run with it. Understandable. Um, my guy was Brian Hoyer, man. I felt like Brian here's – my, here's my criteria for quarterbacks as a receiver. This is – besides Hawks' list of elite, the things you need to be to be an elite quarterback, when I have a quarterback, the one thing I always look for is when I look in their eyes in the, in the middle of a game, and I know this is going to sound extremely football douchey, but when I look into their eyes in the middle of a game or I see them late in a game when I'm watching on a TV copy or the way their demeanor, I want my quarterback to care more than everybody else. If you look at any good quarterback in the NFL, any respected quarterback, any quarterback that someone would say, yeah, I wish that guy was on my team. One thing you'll notice is that when they're losing and things aren't going right, like all they care about is getting their team together. And it's not from a self. It's not like, a, oh, I, I played well. The rest of the team needs to do better. Like, if you watch Tom Brady, say what you want about him. He hates losing. He does not want to lose. He cares more than everybody else about winning. And honestly, the only people on a team whose money and their career earnings are tied to winning are the head coach and the quarterback. If you lose in those two positions, you will not have your job very long. 
Everybody else can still get big contract. Receivers can still go for 1,400 yards in a season, have a losing record, and still get paid. Running backs, if you rush for 1,300 yards, I don't care what your record is, someone is going to give you a contract. Offensive coordinators, if you have a great offense and your defense sucks and your stats are good, someone will give you a chance to be a head coach. The only two people in the building who are tied to winning are the head coach and the quarterback. Hawk, that's a great take, and I generally agree with that, but I'm going to say two words, and then I'm going to drop my mic. Okay. Sam Bradford. Doesn't win, doesn't care. <laughs> that's why he's been How in 37 teams. has that guy made in his NFL career? If we had a great researcher, they'd look it up. He's made more than you and I put together, and he has never been on a great team. He has never won, and he has never showed that he really cares. I mean, he might care, but he's, a very, he's kind of like a – more of an Eli Manning personality where he's not really in everybody's face. He's not really bold and he doesn't have those outward vocal leadership skills that you see so often from the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and those guys that aren't afraid to call their teammates out on the sidelines. They're not afraid to call them out in the media and they're constantly pushing them like another coach on the field. Yeah. I mean, I think Sam Bradford, he's bounced around so much. He's made a lot of money. Uh, I'm jealous. 100- 130 million. Is, is that what it was? That's what I'm looking at right I mean, now on Spot Track. I think about that. 130 million. Where, you, where would you put him on the 1 to 64 quarterback ranking in NFL right now? The 1 to he's 64. He's not in the top 32 because he just got benched. That doesn't mean he's not in the top 32. All right, that's true, but I'm going to pretend it does. Okay. For, I don't think he's in the top 32. I would say he's in the late 20s. No way. Are you kidding? You don't think so? No, we need to post that on social media. We need to okay. come up with your current quarterback power ranking. I think he's out of the top 32. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I think Tyrod's better than Sam Bradford. Yeah, I could see that. I like Tyrod. I think a lot of these rookies are better than Sam Bradford. I think Tyrod is top 15, top 20. Tyrod is top 20. I think Sam Bradford is late 20s. Um, and then everybody after like 24, like they suck anyway. Wow. Like, it's not, there's not a bunch of good quarterbacks. Like, people are just living. There's people that are in the NFL right now as NFL quarterbacks. That you, Joe, an 11-year NFL veteran, future Hall of Famer, current analyst with NFL Network, ESPN, and, of course, the Story Tomahawk Show, you would have no idea that they're still in the NFL. Mm, mm, I like it. And, I mean, that's just the state of the union, man. So, yes, yeah, Sam Bradford's going to make a lot of money, but he's not anybody's franchise guy which is why he keeps getting bounced and moved around. He's doing great for himself financially and economically. Hey, I'm jealous. But if he's winning games, he's going to be in one place. I'm jealous. I wish I'm, I was Sam Bradford. Do you? Because you've made just as much money as Sam Bradford. I think he's made more than me. Okay, let's look at your spot track. Oh, well, we don't need to, we don't need to do that on public television here. Come on now. Come you see, on, the difference is when you're in the locker room, you're not supposed to count your friend's money. But when you're right. in a tomahawk, that's the number one thing we do there. <laughs> We've already taken a deep dive in that, to Natty Ice's financial situation. Please don't ever count my money. <laughs> it wouldn't take us long, Nat, apparently, exactly. for you played, not being able to afford a $2 cup of coffee. Yeah. If we played, if you woke up tomorrow and there was $1 million in your bank, <laughs> with, with all four of us, I would love to hear those reactions. Matt, if you woke up tomorrow with $1 million in your bank account, what would that first hour after you found out you had a million look like? I would throw a party, probably get a lot of 73 beer. That's yeah, the first baby. thing I would do. That's limited. Just waste your money. That is, that is standard student talk. You would waste your money on crap product. Oh, wow. wow. 
Just kidding, man. We love 73 Cole Shearer. So who's going to be invited to the party? Because we know you're real famous in the uh, MMA business. So you're probably going to have to invite like all the famous <laughs> MMAers. Like, uh, the funny thing is, I don't know anything about MMA. Like That was the first thing I learned pretty much was when I did that sleeper hold. Who was the fighter that you sleeper holded? I think his name's Brian <laughs> Ortega. Brian Ortega? He said we'll he was to- the featherweight champ. The featherweight champ. So if you guys go on social media, we'll retweet on the Tomahawk page. Nat puts um, one of the, the MMA fighters in a chokehold and almost puts him to sleep. Brian Ortega, I believe it is. So yeah, I mean, she's just planning and gearing up to kick Joe's ass when we do our Tomahawk retreat uh, in Wisconsin. <laughs> that won't be hard. I'm pretty old and broken down. I, I do kick him in the knee every morning, but that's all I got. All you have to do is kick Joe really hard in the knee, and the fight <laughs> is pretty much I would over. not be a very good mma There's no Greg Hardy in my future, but I, I want to hear from Zerm. <laughs> And then we're going to pivot a little bit. I want to hear from Zerm. If he wakes up tomorrow morning and there's a million dollars that Hawk has just wired into his bank account, what's that first hour going to look like? So I would like to think that like as a responsible adult, sort of, now that I'm almost 30 <laughs> years old, I'd be like, I'm about to pay off my car or I'm going to pay off the rest of my student loans. But in reality, I would go buy a Tesla and then I would just drive around Cleveland with the windows now. That's probably my first yep. Really? That's what I would do. What are you going to do with the other 900000 <laughs> um, That's a great question, Joe. I haven't uh, thought that far ahead yet. It's really just the Tesla. Maybe I'd throw some out the window, like some money to my fellow, because I, I would just think this is the richest I'll ever be in my whole life and just want everybody to partake in it. So, you know, step one is the Tesla, and then we'll see what happens after that. I would call my wife and apologize for <laughs> not understanding where my finances went wrong. I'm going to get to the bottom of this, babe. I don't know how we got here. Um, she's it's immediately funny. filing for divorce. <laughs> so, all right, the Baker's doesn't. So we have our Raiders picks. We both picked the Browns. Now going on to the rest of the, the schedule. Do you have a schedule in front of you, Joe? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So the Browns play the Raiders this weekend. Then they go Ravens, Chargers, Bucks, Steelers, blah, blah, blah. So okay. I'm ready to tell you in a five minutes or less soliloquy exactly what's going to happen the rest of the season and why. Okay. Are you prepared? I'm prepared. All right, here we probably go. in two. I, hopefully Zerm is uh, putting this down on paper so we don't have to try to remember because I can't remember shit. Raiders, big win for the Browns. Browns defense is too good. Derek Carr, not impressive yet enough. And I think Baker's going to have a really big second half against that Raiders defense. The Ravens back at home. I like the Browns that back at home. They're coming on a two-game win streak. I think they're going to handle the Ravens, although the Ravens are a pretty good team this year, but I, I, I do think the Browns win that one. Chargers at home, 73 is back. It's the day that they put my ridiculous snap streak in the rafters somewhere, up there next to Hawks, big streaks. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Browns win that one. I think, I think they're not going to give a shit about me being there, and uh, they're going to hope that I'm not wasting too much time at halftime with my lame speeches. But uh, I do it. like them versus the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to be on a little bit of a skid right there in the middle of the season, so I like, like the Browns. The Bucks. ooh, unfortunately, I think they're going to lose this game. I think this game against the Bucks is actually in Tampa. It's always hard to play in Tampa towards like October, November, because that's when it gets cool up in the Midwest, and it's still blazing hot down there in Florida. So they're going to go from probably like 60, 65 up in Cleveland to like 90 and ridiculously humid in tampa and i do think that uh our good buddy friend of the show mr fitz magic is going to be 
continuing to play at that point, and I think he's going to be playing well. Steelers, I actually think the Browns got their number here. They're going to have a lot of dysfunction still. Le'Veon Bell is still going to be in the headlines, and I don't think they're going to have things totally figured out. The Browns' defense is going to shut them down. Chiefs, unfortunately, that one's going to go for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have just way too many weapons. They are too good all around that I think the Chiefs win that game. Falcons, I think that's another loss. Unfortunately, the Falcons, really good team. Matt Ryan's going to be hitting his stride. They're going to be running the ball. Their defense is okay, but I don't think um, that the Browns' offense will be explosive enough to be able to overcome the explosive Falcons' offense. Uh, Bengals, I got the Browns in this game. I like the Browns versus the Bengals. It's just a good matchup across the board. I think Baker Mayfield's rolling at this point. He's looking really, really good. And I think, uh, unfortunately, your boy Andy Dalton is going to get picked off three times in that game. The Texans, that's an easy one. Texans are going to be in full-on circle the wagons. Everything's going to self-destruct at that point. They're probably going to be talking about firing their coach if they haven't at that point. Things are not looking good for the the Texans at that point in the season. Panthers, this one's a tough one. I'm going with a tie on this one, all right? This is going to be the second Browns tie of the season. (laughs) Cam uh, Newton is still playing really well. Uh, They got a good defense. They're going to be a tough, tough out, but I think it's going to be one of those low-scoring games. Broncos, I I got the Browns. I think the Broncos are kind of pretenders right now. They're a little bit up and down. They've got some really good pieces on defense, but they just aren't going to be able to have figured it out, and I, I don't think they're going to be very good. Bengals, I think that's Christmas Eve, Eve, if I'm not mistaken, just looking at that. And I like the Browns. I think the Browns are going to have the Bengals number two times this year. Uh, Ravens, final game of the season. I'm going with Browns, and I think that's going to be the game that clinches it for them, and they're going to be in the playoffs. So what what was his Baker's dozen record? Did anybody keep track? Yes. So let's let's see. Joe has the Browns in the rest of the thirteen games. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins. Nine and four, baby. Nine and four. One, one and then or nine, three and one. Nine, three and one the rest of the way. So they're going to be ten, two and two. Is that? Uh, no, that doesn't make that, sense. It's going to be. They're going to be ten, five and one by the end of this. Oh, so sorry. Five, ten, four and two. They're 10-4-2, ten, ten, two, two, yes. which, okay. which if you take those odds to Vegas, you're going to have uh, a big payout. Yeah, but you're also an idiot because it's a terrible <laughs> take. All right, so it's my turn. I'm going to go through the more realistic approach of what the rest of the Bakers doesn't look like. I do have them winning against the Raiders for the, for the reasons we talked about. I don't think the Raiders realize who they are yet, so I think the Browns win there. I think they will beat the Ravens because I also think the Ravens are pretenders. They did well against the Bills opening, but they kind of suck since then. I think we're a better football team. I think we lose to the Chargers. I think the Chargers are still pissed about the uh, Christmas Eve game from a couple years ago. <laughs> we beat them, and we shouldn't have and got their coach fired. So I think they beat us there. I think we beat the Bucks because I think Jameis Winston will be back at quarterback, and I don't think they'll be as good. I think we lose to the Steelers because Le'Veon Bell comes back because mm. he wants some of that money he's missing out on, and we can't stop the guy. Um, then we lose to the Chiefs because they're way too good. Um, rest in peace, NFD, good call. Um, we also lose to the Falcons, and I think Julio gets the best of Denzel Ward, who I think is one of the best young defenders in the NFL. But I think when it goes against Julio, it's going to be like a welcome to the NFL moment for him. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just what I think. I think we then beat the Bengals like because it. the Bengals don't do well against running quarterbacks. And not that Baker is a running quarterback, but they're not going to approach him that way, and he's going to have 60-plus rushing yards oh, in that game. Wow. So then we beat the Texans because we're just better than the Texans. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Texas as a state cannot contend with Cleveland. 
Mm. You can and you can put that on a T-shirt. I do love Texas, though. I think we lose to the Panthers because I think Cam gives us one of those games where he's like really, really good, and we all get really excited. Like, man, Mm -hmm. this dude is a beast, Mm -hmm. and I just think he gets the better of us. We beat the Broncos because Baker is a hotter version of Case Keenum. Hotter in looks or hotter in performance? Take it how you want to take it. He does have that. I just think he's a younger, better version of Case Keenum. Like if Case Keenum was coming out of college now. He probably would be a first-round pick. I'm I'm very insulted for Baker Mayfield, and he's not going to come on the show for a third time if you keep talking about him like he's a younger Case Keenum. No, I'm saying he's the better version. Okay. okay, whatever. So next we go to the Bengals. I think we sweep the Bengals this year. And I keep saying we, but I'm actually a Bengals fan too, and I know that's like sacrilegious in Ohio. But I grew up a Bengals fan, and I actually do love Cincinnati Bengals, and I also do love Cleveland. But I do think that Cleveland sweeps them this year. I could be wrong. I probably won't, though. The Ravens, I think we lose to the Ravens the final game of the season because by then, Lamar Jackson is that quarterback. We don't have any tape on him. So the last game of the year, they put Lamar Jackson in, and he rushes for 261 yards, and he throws for like 177. And we lose to the Ravens the final game of the season. So the final Baker's dozen record, I believe, is 7-6, and six, which brings us to 8-8. Eight and eight. No, 8-7-1. Eight and seven and one. Yeah. There we go. Winning record for the first time in Cleveland in a long time. So do they make the playoffs? Oh, man. You're really pressing me here, aren't you, Joe? Mm-hmm. Do they make the playoffs? No, no. I don't think they make the playoffs. I've, I've got another follow-up question that I want to hear from you. I want to hear, and I'll let you think about this for a second, is out of the takes that you just heard from me, what mm-hmm. one is the most wrong? And I'll give you time to think about it because I'm going to tell you which take of yours is the most wrong. The take of yours that's the most wrong is that last game of the season, I think the Browns are going to beat the Ravens. Okay. And the, the, the Ravens are definitely not putting Lamar Jackson in. Okay. Joe Flacco's playing lights out right now. So I think everyone thinks he's back to the normal Joe Flacco, the guy that they won a Super Bowl with. And I truly believe that they don't think Lamar Jackson is the answer within the next few years. I think they drafted him and they're going to try to – play him in different packages they're going to put him at receiver they're going to get him some snaps at quarterback but I don't think they're expecting him or and I don't think they're going to even give him an opportunity to take over the quarterback role this season if Joe Flacco plays crappy this year and then to start next year then it's a different discussion but he ain't definitely going to be playing at quarterback this year yeah I'm gonna say for that last game RG3 kidnaps Flacco so we can just blame RG3 okay reason why Lamar's playing so whatever it is it'll be RG3's fault yeah a little bit but I still think Lamar is going to be playing and they're going to put him in there at that point all right the the take of yours that is most wrong is a all of them because you're an idiot (laughs) and then two specifically the Bucks take about the heat because I lived in Tampa and it's not that hot in Tampa at that time of the year it actually does cool down a little bit as as compared to the summertime in Tampa so I don't think it'll be that drastic, which is why I think the Browns have been on there and win. All right, here, here's a quick bet for our Tomaflock fans and, and you. What's the over-under on the temperature at kickoff of that Tampa Bay game? I'm saying it's going to be at least 85 degrees. 85 is not hot. Yeah, if you're a 135-pound receiver like you are, when you're 300 pounds and you're wearing a 10-pound You're not 300 pounds, dipshit. I know I'm not now, but when I played. You're like, we weigh the same now. You borrowed my suit for NFL Network. The entire internet seat is If if it wasn't so short in the arms and the legs, I could have. (laughs) All right, my my temperature at game at kickoff will be 81. 
which is still hot. Thank That's you. not hot. So by four o'clock, uh, it'll be like 73. So if it's, if it's over 81 and a half degrees, what are you going to do? Monetary or humiliation? I'm down for humiliation. I'm too cool to be embarrassed. So it doesn't matter what you say. Zerm, Natty Ice, what should the bet be between me and Hawk on the kickoff temperature in Tampa Bay Stadium uh, for that game in October? October 21st, I think is what it is. He wants it to be humiliation. Let's make him humiliated. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough one. All that keeps coming to my mind is one of you having to wear those weird Ryan Fitzpatrick beards that everybody in the, in the crowd in Tampa Bay was wearing uh, for that game on Monday. If on you know anything ass. about me, I do that willingly. <laughs> I grow one. Yeah, you have to grow <laughs> the biggest, burliest beard you can possibly from, from that moment until the end. There's no the- shave November, too. So we can go from then until December 10th. No, no. No shaving. Super Bowl, no Super shaving. Bowl. Super Bowl? From, from that day until the Super Bowl, no shaving. I'm a face model, Joe. I can't commit to that. <laughs> You're going to get fired from ESPN. Yeah. Like, what the Lose my job over this stupid bet. <laughs> We're going to get fired over a tomahawk bet over the temperature. Not, not to mention the, score, the temperature. <laughs> not to mention I looked up the, the weather for October 21st of Tampa, and it says 85 degrees. So I, now I believe you, you looked that up before you made that bet, you little <laughs> dude back. Uh, all right, we'll we'll take we'll put that on hold and come back to it. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see who ends up being right with these predictions. Also, if you go to theathletic.com slash tomahawk, all lowercase, they actually have some really cool articles about this. There's actually one from uh, Zach Jackson, right? My guy Zach over there, he talked about what the Browns need to do the next four games. If you go over there, again, theathletic.com slash tomahawk, it'll be good for 40% off your first year subscription. They have all the Browns articles you need. Yeah, The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. It's not just your regular articles, which is why I'm a subscriber and why I love it. It's the deep down inside, burrowed in with the organization, talking to Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey late every night, getting the inside scoop that nobody else gets. And I'm not exactly quite sure how they get the inside scoop the way they do and how they're allowed the access that no other journalists are allowed Um, but somehow they're able to do it, and their model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos, which is a little bit different than most people are probably used to seeing right now, but I think that's why they're so successful. That's why they have so many people that are subscribing, and once again, you can subscribe at theathletic.com slash Tomahawk. They're one of our biggest sponsors, and I urge everybody in the Tomahawk to go on. We demand it. We demand they go. We demand they go $2.99 a month for the most impressive articles that you're going to read about every team in the NFL. Obviously, if you're a Browns fan, they've got some fantastic Browns articles. Zach Jackson used to work for the Browns, so he's got all those people on the inside that he's able to get that inside information. And um, one thing I heard that was kind of interesting is uh, I was talking to some other media people that don't work for The Athletic. And they were actually talking how they all subscribe to Athletic because that information that they can get just by reading the articles is almost better than what they can do by getting their sources to start talking about what's going on. And that really says a lot about the yeah. type of access that the Athletic has to these different NFL teams. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying for access. You're paying for authenticity. It's just in-depth coverage from journalists who know the, the same teams you do, who root for the same teams you do. Guys like Zach Jackson, guys like Jason Lloyd. And they have national guys, too, like Jay Glazer, uh, Mike Lombardi, Lindsey Jones uh, does some incredible articles. Me and Joe, we should probably start doing a column. We'll talk about that more. But, again, theathletic.com 
slash tomahawk, all lowercase, and it gives you 40% off all the articles we're talking about now. All right, Zerm, so what do we got next? All right, guys. Well, um, it is week four, um, and there are games outside of – I know the world revolves around the Browns, but there are some games outside of the Browns really? Raiders. I, it's weird. Like, I don't subscribe to that notion, uh, but uh, apparently other people do. So, Joe and Hawk, uh, for you guys, what is the matchup you are most excited about watching in week four? Um, Joe, why don't, we, uh, why don't we start with you? What are you most excited about to watch week four? Individual matchup, Joe. Don't give me teams right now. We'll talk to you. Oh, all right. Give me five seconds. Joe, I'll give you a lot more seconds than that, and I'll start us off. I have A.J. Green versus Julio Jones. I know they don't play against each other directly, but everyone regards Julio as kind of wide receiver one in the NFL and some A.B., and when you crunch the numbers, it actually does back up. Honestly, since 2011, I think of those three, we'll call it, we'll have A.B., um, Julio and AJ. AB has like 10,000 yards receiving. I think Julio has like 9,500 yards. And I think AJ is at around 8,500 yards or something like that. But Julio has 43 touchdowns to AJ's 61. And I also believe AB has about 61. So really, if you crunch it, AB probably is one. But I just don't like how AJ is never in the conversation. So I want to see those two match up. They were the same draft class. They may have even been drafted right behind each other. Um, so that's my individual matchup of the week. Hmm. That's a good one. I'll definitely be watching that game. My matchup that I'm excited to watch is actually Tom Brady versus the Dolphins defense. The Dolphins defense is playing playing really good football. They're out to a 3-0 start. That whole team is looking fantastic. They're in first place in the AFC East right now. And it's going to be great to see that matchup because the Patriots right now at 1-2 and two, have an opportunity to go to one and three and look absolutely pitiful if the Dolphins are able to do what I expect them to do. And actually, I'm going to give my second matchup I'm looking forward to, and that's Ryan Tannehill versus the Patriots defense. Patriots defense has not looked very good this year. Ryan Tannehill is like undefeated in his last 700 starts. He's unbelievable. It's been over like 55 seasons because of his ACL injury. But the guy is actually one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He's playing great football for Adam Gaze right now. And so that Dolphins offense versus Patriots defense, it's going to be a great game all around for who is going to be the new leader in the AFC East. Not necessarily from a statistic standpoint, but from a – physical and emotional level the Patriots have always whooped up on the Dolphins and this is the Dolphins opportunity to kind of flip the script a little bit and start uh saying that hey we're the big dogs in the AFC East now it's no more of these Patriots chumps I like that we'll get I'll get into that a little more later we'll get next firm all right guys so um it's time for the games we're hate watching this weekend so I sat down last weekend to hate watch Bill's Vikings and it turns oh. out I just I just started screaming at my TV for Kirk Cousins to throw a pass further than 5 yards so that didn't really work out <laughs> like I like I thought it was going to um for you guys what games are you sitting down to hate watch cuz you can't just look away well I'm going to hate watch actually the Vikings again I'm going to hate watch the Vikings versus the Rams on Thursday night football tonight because the Vikings ran the ball four times last week and it's it's not going to get much better with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald in there. So they're going to, have to be very pass-happy against the Rams defense that is missing. Cornerback Akib Tlaib as well as Marcus Peters. On the flip side, we have an incredible Vikings defense against an incredible Rams offense. A Rams offense that is putting up, like, ridiculous numbers. I really don't want to watch either one of these teams. But, again, that Rams offense, it was a crazy stat. I forget what it was. Like, a crazy third down percentage or something. What was it, Joe? 
So what you're looking for is the lowest three and out percentage in the NFL through That's three games right now. Okay, so second place, we'll give it to you as the Buccaneers, they're at like 20%. So basically what it means is 80% of the time the Buccaneers get the ball, they're going to at least get one first down, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it because uh, I've been in a few offenses that it was like 80% of the time it was a three and out. So <laughs> yeah. This is 90% like, of the times. The Buccaneers are pretty good right there, being at only 20% three and out. But the Rams, look at this stat, 6.9% right now of the time they are going three and out on a drive, which that's just ungodly to think how much time of possession they're wow. having and how much fresher they're keeping their defense because they're keeping that ball and how many times they're going to be scoring because a lot of times the hardest first down is that first first down of the drive. Once you get that first first down, now you're rolling a little bit. You're getting into a groove. You're getting that defense a little bit tired. They're getting a little bit worn out, and you've got a much, much better opportunity to continue to drive the ball down the field and at least kick a field goal and a lot of times a touchdown. That Rams offense is historically fantastic, and they're fun to watch. Before we get into your head game, quick story, Tomahawk story. And you can tell me if you remember this, Joe. Um, it was 2014. This is when uh, Johnny was inserted as a starter. And again, Johnny, our guy, friend of the Tomahawk, love him like a brother. He was going through a rough time in his life at that point. But he was a quarterback. Um, he wasn't exactly up on all the offense of game plan that we had going. <laughs> and I remember coming into the huddle, you talked about the rate of first downs. I remember coming into the huddle knowing on first down that we weren't going to get a first down. <laughs> and we went like a crazy amount of times without first. I think it was the maybe that first Bengals game, and then it kind of carried over into the uh, the Carolina game. But we could not move the ball whatsoever. So to think that somebody ninety three percent of the time is going to get a first down is wild to me. Yeah, I think we had about 130 yards of total offense in that entire game. It was just <laughs> pathetic. It was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever been involved in. It was completely embarrassing. because Starting with I, our left tackle. Yeah, he, he played terrible. Oh, he was god So awful. one of the things I remember from that game that's not funny at all, but like Johnny was so well known for being a better athlete than everybody in college. Like he would pull the ball down and start running. And he was a better athlete, right? So he could escape. So I'll never forget the the Bengals defensive end. I don't remember what his name was. Wallace Gilberry. It was it probably was Wallace Gilberry at the time. Not exactly an all pro. Not exactly a guy you'd say is the best athlete on the field. Yep. But we were running like basically the RPO zone read stuff with Johnny back there. And Johnny tried to pull the ball and run around Wallace Gilberry like he's done hundreds of times <laughs> when he was in college, thinking, oh, it's a slow DN. And he pulled the ball and he tried to start running. And Wallace tackled him for like a seven yard loss. And it looked like Wallace was tackling the scout team quarterback that was in his 40s. I mean, it was just embarrassing that Johnny couldn't even escape this guy. And that's when I realized to myself that the stuff that he did in college where he ran around and made plays just ain't going to work in the NFL because you got to be so much of a better athlete than the rest of the guys in the team to be able to make that happen. And he yeah. just he was not able to separate himself athletically from guys at the pro level the way he was in college. I agree. All right, so who you hate watching this week? My hate watch is Eagles-Titans. These are two teams that have no offense going on right now. Carson Wentz is back, but he's just not sharp enough right now to put up a lot of points. Both of those defenses are pretty good, so expect like a 6-3 to three shootout there somewhere, <laughs> and uh, God knows who's going to win that pathetic game. The Titans are a part of so many like 6-9, 6-3s, 12-9 football games. They think they got their franchise quarterback, but yet they can't score three touchdowns in a game to save their life. Mm -mm -mm. All right, what we got next, Farm? 
Truly a shame. All right, next up, you guys, uh, it's it's hot take time. It is time for our Tama, Tomahawks nice. hot takes for the weekend. Guys, fire it up. Rub those hands together. What do we got? My hot take for the week is that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the mm. Bucks. Could be wrong, probably wrong, but I just think he's going to be the guy. I don't think there's much of an upside to continue to play Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's having an amazing season. NFL record-breaking numbers he's putting up. But long-term, we know he's not going to be the guy. So why piss off your first-round pick that you think is the future of your franchise or still has mm-hmm. the better probability to be the future of your franchise? I say they start Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I think that is a horrible take. But here's my hot take right now of the week. The Jets versus the Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to lose again two in a row, and the New York Jets are going to bounce back from a little skid and they're going to win, and they're going to have Sam Darnold throw for over 300 yards. He's going to bounce back from two bad games in a row, and he's going to get back to the Sam Darnold that all New Yorkers have come to know and love and dream of being the next Joe Namath. Yeah, that one time he played well. That one game. We should should call that whose take is dumber. Who has the dumber take should be the name of that segment. We'll put that (laughs) poll out because those are really two dumb takes. (laughs) Capped off by the king of dumb takes, Joe Thomas. Thank you. All right, here we go. What we got next? Locks of the week, right? Yeah, it is time for locks of the week. Similar to some of the hot takes we have, but yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think is something that will absolutely 100% is going to happen? You can brag about it here on our Monday show. Lock of the week, Dolphins over Patriots. Joe called it earlier. I didn't call him dumb because I'm like, man, this guy's getting smarter. Mm-hmm. I like the Dolphins over the Patriots. The Patriots just do not have the weapons. You had the Lions were like double teaming Gronk, and the Patriots look like completely – and have to do anything. So I think Dolphins actually go to 4-0. They become the toast of the town in the division. But then the very following week, they get Julian Edelman back. Mm. They get Josh Gordon going. They get Gronk. And then they run the table for 12 straight dubs. They finish 13-3, and go to the playoffs, and push their way to the Super Bowl. But for this week, hot take, lock of the week, Dolphins over Pats. My Tomahawk lock of the week is Chiefs-Broncos. The Chiefs are going to go wherever the hell this game is being played, and they are going to run the ball all over the field. They're going to throw the ball over the field. Patrick Mahomes is going to have another five-touchdown game, and the Chiefs are going to boat race the Denver Broncos. Hey, what what style of Hall of Fame jacket do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to want to wear? You think it's going to be like a Euro fit, or you think it's going to be like <laughs> That's a good the question. early 2000s, the LeBron James, like the long – too big coat mm-hmm. i don't think they get to pick the style to be totally honest but that's yeah. a great question patrick mahomes here's here's a good ass nat does patrick mahomes have good style yes he does i like his style that is she just she <laughs> doesn't know what Mahomes looks like i bet nat has never seen a single <laughs> hey, picture actually i know patrick what he mahomes. looks like i don't know what his style is like like i know what his face looks like he's a potential mcm Mm, he's he's Ooh. MCM potential. Okay. You hear that, Patrick? We got uh, Natty Ice, who's – I hit her up in the DMs. Go ahead and slide, slide. in. DM slide status is the name of that that their topic. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the DraftKings. Uh, do we have the results of how we finished? I'm not doing well just you overall suck. as a person. You're bad fantasy. at fantasy. I am, I am bad. I, I think I cracked the top 100, though, for the first time, which is – monumental for me guys i have a i have a confession of where i uh finished this week uh 252nd out of 300 <laughs> is where i landed so i don't know if I'm, that's pretty good. i think i might have to i'm dropping out of our league yeah you suck firm that's good i've never finished below the 200 but this is the first week we opened up 
past 200, so that's a good thing. We had some winners hit us up on Twitter. They were trying to verify. We don't know if you people are telling the truth. So you got to make sure you email us after you win. We have a couple of people we're still trying to get to to give you your money. We have so much money to spend. All the millions of dollars that Tomahawk brings in, we're giving you guys $73.16 of it. Did anybody hit 73.16 points? So no one hit no one hit exactly 73.16. What was the closest? The closest was a person called TDC Taurus uh, that got 75.2. That was the closest somebody got to you. That was the closest. Keep at it, guys. We'll hit the 73.16. Hang on. Hang on. I want to know, out of Team Tomahawk, who had the best results? Because I think it was me. Do you think, Joe, or do you 100% know when you're looking at it? I don't it? know, but I was in 76th place. I got 146.2 points. I had a very solid team. Antonio Brown let me down a little bit on Monday Night Football, or I would have been a lot better. But uh, I've been pretty good at this fantasy game. For my first go-around, I think I'm doing pretty good. And I cannot wait for week four to beat you guys handily, just like I did the last three weeks. So yes, Joe, you came in 76th. We have another Tomahawk member, Eric Howell, actually. He got first place oh, with no. number 67. Oh, it was wow. neck and neck. Yeah. We got to come right. up with a nickname for Eric. We don't have a Tomahawk nickname yet for E. And then Pegs was actually two places behind Joe at 78. What was I at? And what, was I not? Did I lie? Was that fake news about where I finished? You were 102. Ah, so wow, close to top 100. I'll tell you, I'll give you a couple quick tips for those Tomaflock members that are listening and wanting to know, what's the secret to my success? Well, let me tell you. Last week, I saw... 76. It's not success. Last week, I saw New England versus Detroit, and I knew Matt Patricia was going to have Tom Brady's number. So my defensive team that I picked was the Detroit Lions. They were very, very cheap, and they got eight points, which what I'm starting to understand about uh, fantasy is eight points is pretty good from your defense. I also got a really, really good game out of Giovanni Bernard because he caught some nice passes. He had some nice rushing yards and uh, he had had a rushing touchdown. So that was a pretty good, solid effort out of Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Thanks, Gio. Okay, so make sure you join the DraftKings League. We're giving away $73.16, which is $73.16 to whoever wins and over in our Pick'em League, Joe, uh, he was a, a, a late – he tried to pick all the teams that won after the games and thought we would add it in. <laughs> Typical Joe style. So we, we did not allow that entry. But the winners of the Tomahawk Pick'em, uh, we had Chuck Gold had 14 out of 16 games, right? And then we had Pegs also tied him at 14. Never scored a TD, picked nine games right. Natalie picked nine games right. Eric, who was the top DraftKings uh, Tomahawk member, he picked nine, and then the firm picked eight, and I sucked, and I picked six. And worse than me was Matt. Social media Matt picked one team right out of all the t- You have to be trying to be that bad. So social media Matt brings up the rear with one out of the 16 games of this week right. But, okay, so, yeah, everybody listen. Go to DraftKings. Make sure you join our, our fantasy league. Become the – the, the owner that you always thought you could be, the general manager, how to beat me and Joe, which you probably will because we're terrible. Um, but it's good ways to interact. You can win $73.16. All right, let's, let's pivot to everybody's favorite part of the Tomahawk show, and that is the famous Ask Nat section. And uh, I had a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter. They got a lot of questions for Natty Ice, but uh, I've got a few of my own I want to throw in there quickly. And that is I so illegal. What, I that is not how Natty this works. Say, Cheating. Right? Yeah, I got a question. Hey, Nat, 
is the Browns possum named the victory possum or the rally possum? I want to go with the victory possum. I think it, it, that's more appropriate because he was, you know, there during the victory. And I don't know if he'll be back. If he comes back, we'll rename him. What should we name him if he comes back? Well, we can name him the rally possum. <laughs> <laughs> Great that- answer. Great answer. <laughs> what, else, what else we got? Next question, right, Joe. Next question is, will LeBron James win a championship in L.A.? This year or just when he's in L.A.? Ants, let me ask the question again, all right? This is just like the spelling bee. You have a few things you can ask for. You can ask me to re-say the question, but you can't, ans- you can't ask any more detailed questions. Will LeBron win a championship in Los Angeles? The answer is no. He will not. I don't think he's going to win a championship in LA. All right. The final Ask Nat question of the day. Now that you've mastered the sleeper hold, Which one of the Tomahawk Show staff do you want to put to sleep first? You know what, Joe? I want to put you to sleep first. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. (laughs) I think I can do it. I I mastered it, so I think I'm good. Shouldn't be a problem as long as you get a ladder. Joe, will you you let her put you in a sleeper hold when we get together for the Tomahawk uh, retreat and offsite? I'm a little nervous because I heard it's going to be a Tomahawk camping trip. And if I actually go to sleep, there's a good chance I'm going to die because there's no doctors around and I'm not ready to die just yet. And I wouldn't be able to survive in the woods. So that means we all going to die. So, so yeah, that we'll, means the we'll two of us are going to be dead and Zerm and, and Natty Ice and <laughs> NFD, if he ever comes back from his uh, finding right. his heritage trip, are going to have to take over. And God knows they're going to really drive this titanic into the iceberg yeah, right man, into the be, iceberg it'll, it'll be so much worse the nata firm podcast all right so i think that does it for today's episode remember to hit us up on social media at tomahawk show give us your thoughts concerns give us your advice help us find nfd if you have any information tweet us hit us up on reddit just let us know where this guy is so we can so- uh, soothe his family they are grieving right now and they don't know which way is up we're trying to find the guy um make sure you join our listener league our listener league on DraftKings, subscribe, rate us five stars. Joe, any final thoughts? My final thought is I finally know why Hawk will never be able to get into NFL coaching because he likes his quarterbacks, and I quote, to throw a healthy amount of interceptions, end quote. Thank you very much. Good night. (laughs) Oh, God. Matt, take us out. Joe Hawk yourself.